Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Sinusoid Pro Audio Couture. If you haven't bought a cable from them yet, what are you waiting for? Yeah, I don't even care if you play guitar or any instrument. You just need their cables laying around your house, you know? They bring good luck. They really tie the room together. They've got a good look. You know, they're really going to balance out your feng shui. Maybe you think their longer cables are too expensive for you? Just buy a patch cable. Buy a patch cable! It's really going to bring the room together. Sinusoid.com. They make cables and smiles. Hey, this is Ryan. And this is Steve, and you're listening to 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, training, money, fixing, breaking, review, blah, 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 podcast. You were almost there. It's like you've. you've I you, got too fast. You I got too your, fast. Like, I got too fast. Let, let, let me do it. 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, training, fixing, money, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. There you go. There you I go. did it. All right. Cool. Welcome. Welcome I, to the episode. Ryan, what's new? <laughs> what's new? Uh, you, you, you dropped some pedals off here today that I, I did. didn't do some videos with it's true. this week. What'd you bring me, Steve? I brought you a EHX micro pog. Yep. I'm going to do a fun little video where I shoot that out against my pitchfork and the, uh, the sub and up mini. I think the pitchfork, uh, the pitchfork versus the um, micro pog is one that I've ha- had a lot of people yeah. ask, not even like ask necessarily for the video for, but ask about like, oh, like you, opinions. Oh, you have a micro pog? Have you ever, have you ever tried out the pitchfork? Um, and then the other one is I'm trying to remember, but does the canyons have like a a pitch function on it? It does, but it's an it's an octave delay, like the the repeats have oh, an okay. octave on it. Well, because I feel like I remember somebody being like, "Oh yeah, you should run it against the canyon," but I just thought that was kind of a weird. Yeah, that's a weird suggestion. A weird because it's not on comparison. the It's not on your you know, unaffected signal. It's not like on your right. dry signal. Right. That doesn't have delay. It's it's just on the delay, which is a lot of fun, and it's a really nice uh, pitch algorithm on there. Uh-huh. That sounds really cool, in my opinion. So maybe I will mess around with that. Mm. Maybe I'll throw that in for an extra special treat at the end. I don't know. Delicious. And then also, you brought uh, your tonal recall. Tonal recall that you got in a trade. Yep. Uh, it's the original blue knob, and yes, I'm going to shoot it out against my red knob modded one. Uh, I've been having a lot of fun with the red knob modded. Uh, uh, tonal recall. I need to do a video of just it, but I'm looking forward to doing a comparison video between the two just to show off how much longer that delay gets with the red knob mod. Uh, I I definitely say at this point that I'm glad I got the mod and it's worth it to me. It was already a great sounding delay pedal with just just dripping in features, and you give it longer delay time and it just opens it up even more. I mean, it's just a killer, ridiculous pedal. I mean, I know they're expensive, but I, I think they're worth their their weight in gold. Really, <laughs> it's a pretty incredible. I wonder pedal. how much that pedal is worth if it was just a gold bar. I was just turning a phrase. There, it would definitely be worth a lot more than <laughs> uh, than what they cost. So you can take that little uh, nugget there and be like, hey, at least it's not made out of gold, because then it'd be a lot more expensive. 
<laughs> there you go. Uh, anything else new we got to talk about? That's all I got. Oh, we got that new mod, oh, contest. mod contest. We just right, announced yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, jump on our Facebook group or our Instagram to see the rules. This is going to be a long contest, but it has a set end date, which is great. The reason it's long is because we want to give people plenty of time to let their paint dry, to find all the parts they need oh, to find. Geez. We don't even have prizes figured out yet. I think I want to make a trophy for it. Okay. It's like the principal prize. Like This is like an honor competition. Yeah. Like this is like you want to like like I'm the one who won 2018 mod contest. Yeah, so uh looks like just hit the the big bold rules. One guitar per contestant, take a before picture. Mod any guitar any way you want. Send before and after pictures by January 31st to 60cyclehomecast at gmail.com. And celebrity judges will judge your submission by subjective criteria like, do I like this person or not? <laughs> or did they use enough of my own products on this yeah. guitar? We're, we're no, gonna, we don't even have celebrity judges picked yet. You know, we're, we're gonna casually get, uh, talking with we're people. We're going to get um, uh, Leon from Pelican Noise Works as one of the judges. And basically, so if you want your guitar to win, you need to buy a half horse and a Pelotar <laughs> and ins- install it into the body of the guitar. That's an instant winner. What I'd really like to do is get a few parts companies to sponsor the whole thing by contributing like some gifts, whether that be gift cards or right. be not you know prizes, whether or be like pickup sets or something something that people who enjoy modding guitars would enjoy winning. Yeah, that'd be cool. You know, some like Stumac, Guitar Fetish, you know, Warmoth guys like that. If I could get them to sponsor it. Fender. That'd be awesome. If we get Fender, then we're going to do other kinds of contests. I mean, we're going to do all sorts um, of stuff. So, yeah, if, if you guys have any connections with those kinds of companies, hit us up. Let us know. Dylan Pickups. Hey, maybe. If Dylan wants to sponsor it. Seymour Duncan. See less Duncan. <laughs> See the same Duncan. <laughs> <laughs> Can we start? Can we start a rumor that Seymour uh, Duncan is a euphemism for Seymour uh, Wang? Seymour oh Dong, like Don, Duncan, is a euphemism for Dong. Like, hey, you guys, Seymour Duncan, <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> I, lo- I love, I love me some Seymour Duncan. If you know what yeah. I'm saying, we both had long work days, and I think we're going to be a little loopy on this episode. Um, it's a little just- loose. We're a little loose this time. All right, so yeah, go check out the contest. Uh, go start modding guitars, guys. Like, yeah. find yourself a five dollar guitar on Craigslist and just go crazy on it. These things aren't going to be judged based on you know how playable they are because we're not going to ship them to each judge. That would just be ridiculous. This it would there would be like a five hundred dollar fee to enter the contest, and that's not fun because you'd have to ship it to like five different people all over the world. That's not cool. So yeah, it's, it's all going to be on aesthetics and kind of like perceived, you know, quality just based on the photos, you know. So look it up. All right, let's get into the regular episode. Do we yeah. have any housekeeping? Uh, yeah, I'll, we'll hit it later. Okay, we'll hit the housekeeping later. Um, this first ad it was sent to us by Paul Pennington. It's on Reverb. It's one thousand seven hundred fifty dollars. It's a nineteen sixty six Mustang with a funky slash natural refinish. Natural. <laughs> now I realize that I think by natural, what they mean is that it wasn't like that it was painted and then nobody bothered to like uh, sand it and clear coat it. It means naturals, and it's referencing an act of nature. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I actually. Don't think that's what they. I don't know. This 1966 Fender Mustang. Ryan didn't screenshot all of this. 
for reasons that I don't understand. Oh, it's because the, the the person who emailed it to us sent oh, okay. the screen grabs. Paul uh, Pennington. The original Daphne Blue body has a natural refinish with a spectacular painting on the top of the body done with what appears to be acrylic paint. If this cum stang isn't dot, dot, dot. <laughs> so um, Ryan and I have been thinking long and hard trying to come up with jokes oh, for this. Oh, gosh. Um, but so far, uh, nothing seems to have uh, risen to the top. Well, the thing you need to know is uh <laughs> is that this guitar is painted with a bunch of sperms all over it like just a whole bunch of sperm all s- swim into the middle of the guitar all trying to fertilize the pit guard and the bridge basically yeah yeah um i'd say it's suggestive yeah. but it's like beyond suggestive it's very literal very sexual thing going on it's here it's a very confusing uh confusing shape for an an egg i guess um, there's like a Seymour Duncan replacement. So I, there's a Seymour Duncan replacement pickup in the bridge. I just, oh man, nothing. Oh, is that a, ma- I guess that's a mastery bridge too. Is it? Yeah. The, the photo is a little funky. It's, it's probably like the most valuable thing on this guitar. At this oh, point. it is a mastery. Um, that's crazy. Well, it is a 66, but still like for the paint job in this thing, it just seems like. I don't know, man. You got to find the right buyer for this. Yeah. So, uh, does this? Guitar- you got to find someone who really loves sperm. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe if you have a friend who's a gynecologist. Well, the gynecologist study is the other thing from from the other type yeah. of people. What's the yeah. person who studies sperm? Um, a, sp- a proctologist, a spermatologist, spermatologist, a spermatozoist. <laughs> sounds- a proctologist studies butts. Well, it's, they study the prostate. Which you get to I, through the butt. I guess. I don't know. Is that what it is? I've never been to one. I'm not that old. Are you that old? No, I'm not. All right. Um, geez. I'm getting there, though, Steve. I just. I, I don't know how old you have to be, but I know I'm closer every day. <laughs> I just. I, I want to know how long ago this was refinished and like. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Like, and by whom? If, whom? This was, if this was done two years ago. I'm pissed. I'm like, why did you do this? If this was done even as recent as like the mid nineties, I'm like, I get it. I get yeah. it. You know, yeah. I get it. But if this was done recently, I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? It probably what was done hell? in the nineties or the eighties or something like that. Late eighties, late eighties to mid nineties is what I'm guessing based on like the colors and the look of it. It looks like something that would be on, you know, album art for some awful grunge alternative band that didn't make it. No, actually that's what I was thinking. This reminds me of like somebody who was inspired by like Nirvana and just didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, you could say that they weren't the fastest swimmer. (laughs) I mean, come on. Yeah. Jeez. That was bad, dude. Uh, I think that was a missed connection there. All I gotta say is, if if you're thinking about buying this guitar, relax. Don't do it. I just feel like uh, I just feel like there's um, better guitars to blow your load of money on. <laughs> very tired and very immature. This episode. All I can say is, 
I would be worried that without the proper curing of the finish, that it might stain your sheets. Mm, yeah, or your pants. It could, it, you know, if this if this paint isn't set just right, it's gonna it's gonna leave marks on it your pants. It can get everywhere. It can it get, could get all, all over the, the walls. Yeah. If you have this guitar, people are going to accuse you of being a wanker if you're even when you're not playing. <laughs> you know, uh, you know who would use this guitar is a Figrin Deanne from Star Wars, the Cantina Band, because the style of music that they play is called jizz. Is it really? Yeah. No. Yeah. Is it really called jizz? Yeah. No. That's a Star Wars fact. <sighs> that that is a Star Wars fact. The Cantina Band. Do, 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 That's do, called do, do, jizz. Do, 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 do. That's the sound. Was that not a a slang term in the I, late seventies when it, they made I'm that? Pretty sure it was. I think that was like, but that's the whole thing. It's like the term jazz. That's where it already came from, right? But <laughs> but it's it's science fiction. It's not so, like they have to. It's not like they're making it up. They don't have to like. Yeah, they could call it anything. They could call it anything. You could still take the J and the double Z and throw. They could call it jazz, 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 jazz. Well, that Jews. sounds like a different uh, movie. Um, <laughs> Jews sounds like <laughs> a certain type of people, Steve. Like a whole race of them. <laughs> oh, I got the worst joke. I could not tell it. <laughs> I got the no, no. no. Oh, let's move on. This is terrible. Unless you've got any more uh, slang, like like ejaculation. Words uh, to throw at this guitar. I'm all out. Uh, would you play this guitar? Done my best. I'm not talking about wood at church. I'm talking. Would you play this guitar in like a bar band? Gosh, I don't know. I. Yeah. Yeah, me too. It actually is not that ugly. It's actually a decent look. Yeah, I think. Uh, I wouldn't pay that price though. No. I think I'd be looking. At, I. I think if I saw this locally, I'd be like, listen. I. What do you think? Like untouched value or like normal wear value is on these like 16 17 right I, now i don't know that's the thing is i don't really have a uh pulse on the on the offset market right now well it's a 66 i i want to cut 500 off of this for the finish or in general? for the finish just to start i'd be like i i, I the highest i can do is like 1250 mm. based if this is a normal price for that year that's just what i'm feeling right now because you could you could like strip the paint off and go to a natural finish and give it like yeah. a wall, like a walnut stain, yeah. which is a very classy Mustang look. But that I mean, is it looks work like that you have to do. A lot of people are trying to get like two to three thousand for it. Really? Maybe um, that's already a good price then. But I'm not Damn. actually seeing a lot selling um, at that price. I'm not actually seeing a lot selling at all. So one did it looks like one did sell for thirty one hundred, but it's like pristine. Ever since getting that uh, that Squire Mustang, the Bullet, I've been thinking like, man, maybe I need to get and like a more legit Mustang. But then the thing that I love so much about the Bullet is that twelve inch radius neck, and you're just not going to get that on another Mustang. <laughs> so it's been kind of like, uh, I I don't think I actually want a different Mustang. I just want another Mustang with a twelve inch radius. <laughs> Right. And, you know, I, I think the really the thing with this guitar is, you know, you take this to a show and the real problem is, is if you're in a band to pick up chicks, they all all like you're telling them what you're all about. Yeah. Up front. And that's probably you're not, all about sperm. It's probably not the angle you want to go. 
Oh, I was just thinking about getting people impregnated. Oh, yeah. well, it kind of goes both ways. Like girls will look at it and be like, wow, he's trying to say that he's good at sperm. And then, you know, a certain type of guy is going to look at it and be like, he looks like he likes sperm. He <laughs> goes both ways, ACDC. Yeah, yeah. And then all the straight guys are going to be like, I can relate to that. So it's really guitar for the people, you know? It's a guitar for everyone. It's the, uh, it's the Donald Except Trump for lesbians. Except for lesbians. This is... This would this it falls into irony department, you know, like if you're a lesbian, you're like, ah, a sperm guitar, ah, that's ironic. I really do think. <laughs> wow, this is bad. All right. That's um, really bad. Moving forward. This is um, gonna be a good bad episode where people are like, wow, that was really terrible. I loved listening to it. So it came out um this past week. Yeah, a lot of people made a big deal about this. Um, Bill Kelleher uh, apparently left Gibson Guitars for ESP. This and, is a guy uh, who's a guitarist for the band Mastodon. Yeah, which I I know I've heard Mastodon before, but yeah, I can't. I I I think they're like a like a heavy kind of like 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 metally, but kind of like fuzz based kind of band, right? Uh, I can't, I can't, can't remember quite what they sound like. Like, like they're going to sound big. They're going to sound big and fuzzy, like a mastodon, right? Yeah. That's what they sound like. <laughs> Obviously, we're really <laughs> familiar with this band. So, yeah, the, gu- the guy apparently has made a big deal about leaving uh, Gibson as being an, an endorsed artist or whatever, and he had, like, a signature guitar... And there's like a whole article about it, and you know, other YouTubers are like like making whole videos talking about it, trying to cash in. But we're on, just gonna talk about know, it for like ten minutes on yeah. the podcast. As, you know, I'm just saying I probably should have done a video. Oh, Ryan! <laughs> honestly, I honestly don't care that much. Uh, but Steve copped to me that before we recorded the episode that he didn't even read the article. So he doesn't even know what's up. I just saw it. And, and actually I, I think the, for me, the most interesting part of the angle was um, just that a guy, like usually when a guy leaves a company or when you see like an endorsement, they artist, try not to burn like, bridges. No one really talks about it or they just say like, you know, Oh yeah, I just don't really like they, I just wanted some things that they weren't willing to do or whatever. And, and it seems like this guy just came out and like, uh, I mean, he says, uh, I'm looking at the article right now, which is at least the one that I found is from Ultimate Guitar. I think you might have a different one. I can't um, tell. But he said that, uh, I never felt like I was really accepted at Gibson. Their, the communication is what is terrible. Um, they, I'm just going to paraphrase some of it. Uh, he didn't ask for a lot of things, but uh, he, he told them that he didn't want it chambered and they made the second one chambered. Yeah. Uh, the people that he worked with in A and R were all getting like fired left and right. So they would come in and like, they just didn't know, like the new guys would come in but they wouldn't really know who the, the artist lineup was, or they didn't like, they just right. basically, he felt like he was having to like start all over with his, his artist rep. Like, Every time, time he like wrote someone. Yeah, and it's like that's no way to build a relationship with an artist that you want to work with. Um and uh you know, he's one of the things that I thought was kind of interesting. Um, it just sounds like they weren't taking care of him and yeah. he found a, a company that would take care of him. 
another another thing that I think I read in that same article was he was saying that like he had like a signature model, right? And people who were you know big fans of his band were writing him, being like, "Hey, I bought your guitar. Uh, it didn't come set up to your tuning. How do I how do I get that tuning?" Right. And him just being like, "Hey, like this, this these should be shipped like to my." specs you know they should yeah. have the gauge of strings that i use and they should be tuned to what i tuned to right. like and, it just and, makes sense and that's kind of one of the interesting interesting things that he does mention in the article is that when he jumped to esp he says the guys at esp like they wanted to know that stuff like what strings do you use or yeah like, at least like what gauge strings do you use or you know um and they wanted to know about the tuning and they wanted to know about these different things and what you know the band was up to and like things like beyond like how do we get your name on a guitar so we can sell more things? Yeah. Like that's kind of the brush that he paints Gibson with. So uh, it's all kind of crazy. Uh, one of the other things he said is that James Hetfield uh, from Metallica was a Gibson artist yeah. for a long time who later also jumped to uh, ESP. And I think it's currently uh, with ESP. I mean, Gibson so guitars that's, a, is that's like, a big influence there. It's like the Metallica look as far as James Hetfield yeah. goes. It's like a great big explore like yeah. that is James Hetfield and to lose him is like a huge blunder on Gibson's part. If they couldn't take care of James Hetfield, like who can they take care of? Yeah. Now, uh, Bill from Mastodon, he does say like basically his contract didn't, uh, wasn't renewed. Sure. Um, so it wasn't like he was like, I'm out of here, but uh, he said that he did everything they ever asked him to. He sold all of their guitars, like everything that, like basically all of their signature models, like he was everything that I guess maybe that they asked him to personally yeah, yeah. sell. Or the it sounds like sell, he would do like do clinics it. and stuff yeah. too, which is crazy. Like so, so often we think like, oh, these, you know, these big famous guys, you know, they just get stuff thrown at them and that's it. Right. They just get stuff. No, this guy's doing work. He yeah. was doing work for Gibson, and I mean, like doing clinics. Like that's that can't be fun most of the time, right? Well, know? and you know, you kind of, you kind of, hopefully, try to find ways to make that work where it's like, because I like Guitar Trader, a local store that no longer exists, used to sure. do clinics all the time, and at least hopefully, what they're doing is like, hey, you're doing a show in Los Angeles tonight. Can you do a morning clinic in San Diego? Like, right, right. Deal, you know. So you kind of work with the artist schedule. But either way, like it's it's extra work, you know. It's very real work that yeah. you know over time, you know, they they get you know their their worth out of their artists if they're having them do stuff like that. Right. Like that's real work that people are doing. So it's it's not just a situation where like, oh, you're famous, here's a bunch of free guitars, like sit down and shut up and don't complain. Like seriously. Like this guy was, you know, he's you know on the books as an employee, basically. Well, I, and he and didn't I get think taken lot, care of. I think a lot of these, like, it, I think a lot of the artists that actually have not just, um, you know, an endorsement, but have a signature instrument, like, are kind of like that with, yeah. with some of these, with some of these companies. Um, I, I, you know, we, I saw Annie Clark yeah. at the, at the NAM booth. Right. Well, like right. a year ago, she was walking around. She's doing work. Yeah. They're just not sending her guitar. She's working with Ernie Ball to, you know, promote the product and to do, you know, appearances and to do all sorts of stuff. And I'm sure a lot of the time it's fun, but it, it is still work. Like, that's real work, guys. Yeah. 
Well, because I think I'm on this kick because I saw people commenting on the article like, oh, he should just, he's getting free stuff. He just needs to like chill out and not worry about it. It's like, yeah, I don't think you understand what's I mean, going on here. I would say even, you know, even if you were getting free stuff, like it's not really the point. I think if you're but, a Mastodon, you can probably just afford to get whatever guitar yeah, you want. The, the made. point is that, you know, a company wants to profit effectively, a, a company wants to profit off of your name. Yeah. And what you're saying to them is, yeah, we let, let's work something out that's mutual. But if you want to profit off of, you know, if you want to profit off of me, like if you want to make something that's going to represent me in your consumer space, then I want it to genuinely represent me. And right, it right. Seems like that was right. a source of a lot yeah. of his, and there's his a, issues. There's a lot of, I'm sure there's a lot of artists out there that are just like, yeah, yeah, put my name on it. Uh, just who cares? You know, I've, I'm sure, you know, Adam Levine doesn't do any work pushing the first act two, 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 you know, <laughs> I'm sure he just signed over his name. He's like, yeah, go w- do whatever He's you want. He's got his name on the I front of the I thing. I don't like, care. Just going like you know, this. I see him at target all the time. Give, give me the check. I'll just, you know, I don't care what you do. No, I don't, one, no I, one thinks of me as a guitarist anyways. Maybe, maybe he does. Maybe you, uh, you go to, you know, some city sometime and you're going to see a Adam Levine clinic for first act. <laughs> I, I mean, really I doubt it. I, I don't really know. doubt it. But I, but I, you know, that is kind of like that is a a thing with like representation is like you can't just. I mean, you can't just put out a. You can, I guess you can put out a product, and if it sucks, it sucks. I mean, I think about like the Keith Urban guitars on QVC that have replaced the Esteban guitars, and I kind of just assume because they're on QVC that they suck. Right, and I'm probably right. Um, We're probably but, pretty close to right, but they're probably they don't suck as hard as we want to joke that they suck. Yeah, but they um, probably suck. But there's there you know so that's a whole other set of issues. But but the reality is it's like you, you, we answer this question every once in a while. You know when someone sends in like what would your signature guitar be? What would your signature bass be? And it's like when I think about that question as just an average guy who has no stake in that game who can kind of like just dream big and be like, oh, I would do this and that. Like, I'm still thinking like, no, if I had a signature guitar, like l- legitimately like if, if a company like Fender or someone who did a Fender-style guitar was like, we want to build you a Fender, uh, a signature electric guitar, it would be a Telecaster shape. It would have a humbucker in the bridge. It would have a Strat-style pickup in the neck. Right. Like that's what I feel like. That's a Steve Rouse signature. me. Like that is the guitar that I've called my number one for like the better part of the yeah. last uh, eight, 10 years, whatever. So that's what I would want. So if I requested that from a company, they're like, no, we're just going to throw a Telecaster set of pickups in it, whatever. Uh, screw it. Like we don't even really want to do Telecaster. Like we're just going to do a Strat and we're going to put your name on it. Yeah. I'm going to be like, well, that's, that's not me. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not a thing that I do. So, you know, I don't know. I, I, I get, I get where he's coming from. And I think, I think to be like chippy about it and be like, oh, it's free stuff. Like, it's not the point. Yeah. I mean, we've got a freaking signature pedal, Steve. Yeah. And yeah. We, and we it had, represents only you. We had we had input on that. Well, I had input on that. <laughs> I guess I have a signature pedal. I've never, but I still haven't even played a DoD it, 250. It has Let's be honest. our logo on it. You still haven't played our podcast pedal yet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's hello. New, it's new in new box. In box. <laughs> Trying to get that. Yeah. $5,050 for it. No, only $450. <laughs> we 
Listen, One guys, sold for three hundred. This is guys, nuts. There is a pedal on Reverb called the Pelican Noiseworks sixty cycle hum fifty fifty. It's currently being listed for four hundred and fifty dollars. Uh, if you make an offer of three hundred dollars, it will be sold to you. If you want to own Steve's personal fifty fifty <laughs> that he's never used, <laughs> I use mine like permanently now. It doesn't leave my board. It's- I I really I really should just like break down and. and- set it up and make a video you probably should oh i shipped out the uh our we had an extra one that we put out as a prize for that uh that the raffle for that raffle i shipped it out today cool so if you listen to the show and you won that it's on its way i think uh i think the post office person told me it's going to show up on monday which is when this episode comes out so congratulations yep Thanks for uh, supporting that cause. All right, let's move on to the next ad. Yeah, this next ad was sent in by Bruce Kumquat. You know, that guy reminds me of another fruit person we used to know. Uh, <laughs> Jim's, Jim Blueberry? No. Uh, he doesn't remind me of Jim Blueberry at all. Tom Tomato? No, Steve. Uh, all right, let's... Paul, let's. Paul Pepper? So I don't even remember why I want to talk about this, but there's a Monopoly ACDC set. I remember why. Monopoly makes like all these variations of the Monopoly game for whatever city you're in, yeah. whatever industry you're in, whatever niche thing you like. Oh, I remember what kind of angle yep. I wanted to tackle. Uh, this one's for ACDC, which is, you know, guitar-related, I guess, in a way. I just want to know. So I, I have to assume that what back in black and thunderstruck are boardwalk and park place uh, probably um, i want to know what the jail square says <laughs> do not pass go go directly to hell yeah. <laughs> the, the go to jail it just says go uh, like highway to hell and sent you to hell yeah <laughs> what are some other bands that would be good what are the railroads I don't know. What are some other bands that would be good Monopoly variations? Um, uh, oh, my gosh. Fleetwood oh my Mac. Gosh. Uh, go to jails. Go your own way. <laughs> you just uh, stop playing the game because that's what everyone does halfway through the game anyways. <laughs> um, the uh, I was thinking Motorhead would be a good one. Oh, I might buy a Motorhead Monopoly. And the thing is, I think mo- most of the people that buy these things, it's like... You buy them as a gift for someone where you, you vaguely know their intre- their interests, and you're like, oh, here, like here's a Monopoly game themed after something I think you like, and then they probably never get played. Right, so no right. one knows how they're actually different, and there's just some guy in the art department who pitched this idea, and he gets to keep his job at uh, Milton Bradley or whatever now. The, uh because he makes new art all the day. Six collectible tokens. We can only see five of them. There's the bell. There's like bell. There's a lightning bolt. There's a cannon. I don't know what the other thing is. I don't. There's two more that I. Yeah, I don't know what they are. Um, and I can't zoom in any further. Uh, oh, it's. I think it's dynamite. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what are some? What are some other bands? What are some? What would be? I some don't know. Good we ones? should have like thought this out before we pressed record. <laughs> Well, the thing you were talking about in the pre was that it. What if it was sixty cycle hum monopoly? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they only print a couple boxes. There, there would per only thing. be there would only be two tokens. 
That's problem number one. <laughs> no, there could be multiple tokens. I think I think you know the different uh, you know park place and stuff like that would be named after like Craigslist and eBay and Reverb. Yeah, you really yeah. want to get that that Reverb like monopoly going on because that's where the big bucks are. I think the tokens would be like a microphone. Uh huh. Um, you know, like a pedal, a guitar. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. A pick. A pick is easy. A, a tur- slide. A turkey. A turkey? <laughs> what? Why a turkey? I don't know. Neither do I. That's why I'm asking you. You're the one uh, who said it. What would they go to jail, jail be? <laughs> go, no! <laughs> I don't know. You tell, you're laughing pretty hard. Jail would be Nam. Oh my god! It would be go to Nam. Go directly to Nam. Especially because Nam is like what Thursday, fr- I guess Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But in traditional Monopoly, you're in you're at you're in jail for a minimum of three turns. <laughs> so it'd just be modified so you would go to Nam for four turns. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and then yeah, all of the uh, all the squares. I don't. I feel like all of the squares would. Could be like just different companies, but I feel like that's yeah, they could be our sponsors. Uh, (laughs) I feel like you'd have to have one that's like uh, you'd have to have a square that would be like um, uh, Bob Bob Taylor's burritos. (laughs) A burrito would be one of the the game pieces. One of the game, yeah, yeah, for Um, sure. And then uh, you'd have to have a square that. I don't know. There's like so, so and many instead of jokes. going bankrupt, it just says inner circle, and you just get more money. <laughs> <laughs> I like this game. Uh, uh, no, uh, is that not how it works? I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> don't worry, the inner circle flipped the bill for you. You're not bankrupt no more. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't know, man. There's some, there's some real side, sideways directions we could go with. This is like oh, I was gonna say it was one of them, like one of the, uh, one of the. Uh, so you have the two power grids. Uh-huh. So one of them would just be like Atisode. Yeah, yeah. Especially because, like, with how can we incorporate no, no horny dudes? One, one of, <laughs> I guess, one would be Ad Week, and the other one would be like Nam Week, like. Because you never know how many episodes you're gonna. Well, I guess an, an, an ad week. Otter day. Can we a, get an otter day? An otter day feature to the game. Otter I day would be one in, of the railroads. I haven't played Monopoly in so long. I don't even remember how it's played or what the pieces I think are. The, I think the tax, uh, the tax square, would be either inner circle or uh, sponsor spot. Oh, okay. Nice. Pay ten percent or two hundred dollars, whichever is Podbean fees. Podbean, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Podbean fees, yeah, you owe me some money. Do I? Yeah. Okay. Talk about it later. All right. All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you have some suggestions for CC Cycle Home Monopoly, uh, let us know. Oh CC Cycle Homecast at gmail dot com. And while we're on the topic of the inner circle, not really, but kind of, sort of, we have some housekeeping to do. Um, <laughs> I'd like to welcome Brian Gower. Welcome, Brian. Uh, who is a local guy. Is he? Who, when I saw his address, I just thought, I should hand deliver this. But that's like a mess to schedule and maybe kind of weird. It's a little um, creepy. But, uh, he's, but it also could be like Christmas. you know. Like, But I, when I say local, like I'm saying like he lives in a part of town that I go to. I guess I haven't been there this week, but I go there all the time. Right, right. Like literally it would be like 
I could tell Melissa like, Hey, I'm going to the store. And on my way to the store, I could stop at his house. Um, I'm stalking you. <laughs> that's not true. Look, out, true. Your, look out your window, Brian. If you I, see a guy with was, a beard and glasses, yeah. that's Steve. It was just a street name that I recognize. And we know, you know, Brian, uh, we've played his music before. He's in the band playing without a pilot. Oh, cool. That, uh, we played in, uh, episode. Bring it up, Steve. You can find it. I believe in you. Man, I thought it was sooner than this. Do, 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 do. Oh, it was a while episode ago. Episode 167. That was a while ago, Steve. Yeah, that was like that almost, almost a, a six year ago. ago. Gee. No, dude, that's... No, it's only 30 episodes. It's less than 30. Okay, okay. It's 25. It's like six months. It's long, long anyway, time. Anyway, if you want to know about uh, how you can support the show, head to 60cyclehumcast.com, click on support the show, and that'll tell you all the wonderful things that we do. <laughs> We're like the Wizard of Oz over here. Yeah. All right. Uh, but it, it's great. And thanks to everyone in the inner circle who's contributed for, uh, even if it's only a little bit of time, or anyone who contributes, inner circle, best friends. Yeah. $2. We're talking about using some of that money to finance another run of 50 50s. Yep. Um, might happen so, sometime soon. So, you know, everyone who supports the show is, is does mean a lot to us and it helps us do things like. Uh, make merch without dipping into uh, our personal bank accounts, driving our wives insane. Yeah. Um, and things like that. So again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It also you, pays for you, travel you, to you. go to NAM and, thank you. and things of that nature. Thank you. And get con 2018. <laughs> Someone asked if we were going to do get con 2018. Oh, man, I don't know. That's a big, that's a big chunk of travel right there. We'll see. We'll see. Um, if we even get invited, Apparently, all we really needed to do to get invited was when it popped up to be like, hey, man, we want to go. Yeah. I already knew that I couldn't go, though, because I had a vacation. So. Yeah. I already knew that I couldn't go because I'm afraid to get on an airplane. No, you're not. Okay, that's true. You've that's flown true. with me before. I've flown. A, a, I love flying. You were cool as a cucumber on that airplane. Flying. I love flying. Steve the whole time was like, I wish I was the one flying this plane. I'd do a barrel roll. Yeah, girl. <laughs> Let's move on to the next topic. I'm trying to find it. My phone ain't working no more. All right. This topic was sent in by somebody. (laughs) That's true, Steve. This was from the Facebook group. And we're stalling uh, out. Why can I not find this? Oh, there it is. Quinn Waxman. Waxman. I don't know. Signal chains. What do you use in front of your amp? And what do you put in an effects loop and why? Do you use them differently in a live versus recording environment? Um, so actually, I, I'll, I'm going to... Okay. I haven't owned an amp with an effects loop for a while, but when I did, I would um, run uh, modulation stuff. So delays, uh-huh. flanges, Now, did you uh, use tremolos. the four cable method, the five cable method, or the seven cable method? Is there more than a... Wait, what? I thought... I'm just joking. The four cable method is specific to pods, isn't it? Or no? No. I always think of that as a pod thing. The four cable method is basically running a loop where right. you're running into your amp, oh, then running a cable out your board to your board. I mean, you're running a cable out the loop to your board, then running the, the cable back into the loop. Right, right. Wait, um, is that a three cable method? No, uh, because the fourth cable is the c- cable from your pedal board to your amp. So you have one cable guitar that's input. To, guitar to amp. Effects loop is two cables, and then no guitar to pedal board. 
Oh, and then a section pedal of your board pedal board. To, pedal board to loop. Loop back to pedal board. No, no, here, because you're splitting parts. So your pedal board is part of it is going into the loop and part of it isn't. So you're running into your pedal board, then out of part of your pedal board into the loop, then back to your pedal oh, board. All right. All right. Right. And then nope. into the amp. No, no. Yes, that's the no. four cable method. The four cable method is guitar to pedal board, pedal board to amp, because the effects loop is after the preamp section of your amp. So technically, you're going into the front end of the preamp, and then when you get to the end of the preamp, you have an effect send. That is cable number three, and cable number four is the effects return. Right, but I'm saying that that the, the loop is still on your board, so you're yes. having three cables come out, in and out of your board. Uh, you have four cables coming in and out of your well, board. You have your guitar. You have the cable coming out of your guitar, and then three more cables that are coming in and out of your board. That's the four cable method. Yes, there are four cables total. Ninety nine percent of guitarists use the four cable method. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I that's not true, but that was like that was an epic battle that went down owned, on a group somewhere. I haven't owned an amp with an effects loop actually in a super long time, but I was using an effects loop enough when I was. Um, when I owned a Hot Rod Deluxe uh-huh. that I considered building like a little patch box, which now if you, you know, if you get a custom made pedal board, they basically put that into it if you want it. Um, but I don't have one of those. Yeah. I but, My classic 50 has a loop. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so basically the traditional um, method is to put, like I said, t- uh, time-based delays Maybe some pitch delays. Basically, anything that you want after like the overdrive, overdrive, yeah. um, in your loop. Now, for most of the most of the way that I set up my sound, it's kind of become unnecessary because I get most of my drive from um, from drive pedals. Yeah. So, so effectively, I run guitar into drive pedals, and I'm kind of using a, those drive pedals as like maybe a preamp if they're on. And then I go to my delays and whatever, and then into the front end of the amp, but I try to keep the amp clean. Mm. Oh, my my Ibanez has a loop in it, but it's only to bypass the tube screamer circuit. Right. Yeah. Uh, So so I kind of have that set up that way. Um, But, you know, the the idea is generally like if you're using an amp that has a second channel with gain, like a Hot Rod Deluxe or any of the plethora of multi-channel amps out there, um, the effects loop allows you to put effects in there that uh, might get washed out. Well, they're that are traditionally better after an overdrive because the they like to affect the overdrive instead of you know like like say you've got a, a you know like a delay you want to have those repeats after the overdrive because if you have it before then each uh, delay repeat is you know, less volume, which means less gain. So you have this diminishing gain with each repeat, which can be a cool effect, but it's not a traditional sound where typically you want to have the delay repeat the, uh, the signal at its full gain, you know, if that makes sense. I imagine our audience is split on this where there's a, a segment of it is like, hasn't thought about loops ever. You know, I, I, I find loops like every once in a while I run into a situation where I'm like, I'm kind of pushing this amp a little harder than I like. I wish I had a loop, but for the most part, um, and I guess maybe this goes into the second part of, uh, clean versus recording or live versus recording. 
sometimes I think with live, like especially the when I'm playing guitar live, I tend to use a more uh, reverbs and whatever in place. I find that it's less important because honestly, my tone is kind of probably washier than it should be. Right. Um, and so, it, and because of that, like it, it honestly doesn't really matter if I have an effects loop or not. But I feel like uh, in a recording situation, I might be more um, sensitive to that. Though even in that case, I don't, I don't exactly know how I would set it up. The way that you could set it up if you're really like wanting to get involved in the recording uh, setup is to take the pedals that you would put normally put in your effects loop and actually plug them directly into the board. Yeah, I guess. Um, and then you're actually adding those effects to uh, the microphone. Yeah, not, yeah. Not really to your guitar, but to... Uh, the microphone sound that would be kind of interesting. Yeah, you can. And do, I know that's a thing that like you can do things the, like that. They're set up to do that, and the people do yeah. that. So I'm you know not what? totally crazy. Just mostly my favorite thing used to be to do with a loop. Back in the day when I had a, a PV Bandit 112, mm. uh, that had a loop in it, and uh, it was one of the ones with the gray push buttons. So there's two gain channels on the PV bandit. But if you get the push button variation, instead of the slide switch variation, yeah. you can combine those two channels and get three different flavors. Oh, of... is that the auto mix function? No, I'm talking about the bandit here. But not, not the it didn't have an auto mix function, but like you're, you're just clicking two buttons in and it's like, you're doing both gains at the same time. Oh, gotcha. So I would use the distortion on the amp a lot, the built in, uh, overdrive and distortion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then you would use the loop to put effects after it. I had like a phaser and I had a delay and things like that. And they were really fun to run the loop. But what was really fun is to put a 10 band EQ in the loop after the distortion and you could shape that distortion to sound like almost anything. Right. Like you could get like, you know, like high gain, like metal amp sounds. You could get mid pushed, like bluesy sounds out of it, like and everything in between. It was just a super effective way to use the loop just by putting a simple EQ in there that yeah. was, you know, had more going on than the three band that it came with. Uh, I still kind of w- missed that setup just because it was so versatile. Uh, one day I'm going to pick up a bandit again. I'm sure <laughs> you came in, you've been saying that for a while. I know I kind of just need to do it. Maybe I should do that as the next journey in my, uh, in my 2017 amp journey, revisit something I used to have, you know, I just got to find the right bandit. They don't time, come up time, on time's running out. Ryan. They don't come up on Craigslist as much as they used to. Yeah, and when they true. do, they're like 200 bucks now instead of a hundred bucks. Mm. Like when I sold mine for a hundred bucks, Idiot. darn fool. I should have just kept it. It was back in the day when I was living at my parents' house and I was, you know, strapped for space. I got a new big amp and I was like, I can't keep this old back big amp around. I got to sell it, Wait which to, made sense then. But way to go, idiot! I should have kept it because I could have been like, hey, someday you're going to be an adult and you're going to have a house and you're going to want to fill it with amplifiers, you dummy. Yeah, oh, <laughs> your dude. wife is going to love it. Remember when we played at Clam of God and they just had this like crazy wall of speakers on yeah. one side? <laughs> <laughs> I wish we had a picture of that so we could show the listeners. Why we call it Clam of God. That's, Why the people who go there. It's a church and it's just this really crazy construction where you feel like you are inside of a gigantic clam. If that's you like remind the shape me, of the I'll grab a Google Street view of it. Okay. Well, you got to get an inside shot. Oh, I was just, even from the outside, it looks like a clam. Yeah. But the inside is where like, you really, you really get like the feeling of being inside of a clam. There might as well be a giant pearl. Like a Batman 
sized giant pearl, like it, like a Batman villain would I be trying to jokes, steal it. You but know? they're sacrilegious. <laughs> we got a lot of interesting comments on my um, on my Bubbletron video the other day because I was talking about how I use it in church. Oh yeah, and people, are like, oh, I can't believe I'm hearing someone talk about church. I'm like, I'm like. <laughs> Demo feed uh, on my YouTube feed. Like, I'm not proselytizing to you guys. I'm not trying to get you saved over here. I'm telling you how I use my gear. How many people got saved off of that video, right? Oh, at how least, many? at least 2,000. At least. So many people think are you have saved that many now. views on that video. No, no. All right. This next ad is sent to you, us by screenshot-21.png. All I know is that when I get to heaven, I'm, I'm going to be up there and Jesus is going to be like, good job on that demo. You got a lot of people in the heaven. With that demo talking about how you play at church. <laughs> All right. This is the world's first. Do you know where this came from? I think I lifted this from Ugly Guitars. Okay. The world's first self-storming guitar. Heavily modded three-quarter Squire Stratocaster. Um, so first thing, this they're asking uh, 199 uh, Great Britain pounds. I'm not sure what I that's... I don't care how much it weighs. I'm not sure what that's equal to. Oh, there it is. 200 and... Uh, $64 US. This is a crazy hack job. Um, so let's read. You go so ahead, this Steve. is a Squire Stratocaster. I ruined in the name of science. <laughs> I fitted it with self-storming mechanism. I designed and built from scrap parts of a printer. To accommodate this mechanism, I've had to cut away some fairly large sections of the body to the point where I was concerned that there wasn't enough body left to counter the tension when it's strung up. For this reason, I bolted some pieces of metal box oh, section no. in the back to give it back to give it back its strength. Also, because of the space the self-strum mechanism takes up, I've converted this from a three pickup guitar to a single pickup guitar with a volume control. The self-strum mechanism is powered by a nine volt battery via a pulse width modulation driver circuit. Please bear in mind this is a prototype, and as such, isn't finished nicely. This does not represent the final design, obviously. It's just a prototype. Yeah, uh, where I've been working on it. And while the self-start mechanism works perfectly laying flat on the bench, it's a bit temperamental when the guitar is held in a playing position. Oh, okay. I can suggest a simple modification to the buyer to correct this, but it's not something I plan on doing myself. As I'm now busy working on the Mark II self-storming guitar, the follow-up to this. Hey, he's going to want to keep this prototype because this thing is going to just be fire. This, just going to take think off. Think of this piece as a as think of this as a piece of mechanical art rather than an instrument you would use every day. Putting all silliness aside, this thing uh, with a bit more development could actually be useful one day to a person who has either lost or lost who has either lost or lost the youth use of an arm. What? I guess. This is being sold in British pounds, but I feel like this guy doesn't understand English. Yeah. I mean, you can uh, still, even if you're one-handed, you can tap and do pull-offs to play guitar. I'd like and to a s- lot of people who have lost you know, a portion of their arm, I've seen them play. They attach like a thing to their arm, and they can still strum and pick with it. I'd like to sell this to fund further development into the concept, although I've set the buy-it-now price high. I will entertain sensible offers, just whatever you think it's worth, and you might get... Just offer whatever you think it's worth, and you might get unlucky. Blah, 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 shipping, whatever, amplifier in the pictures is not for sale. All right, so my first question out of the gate is actually, um, how much would you pay for this? Well, here's my my question before I answer that question. Can you set the tempo of the motor for the strum? Can you set it to strum at different speeds? Mm, I cannot tell. 
Because that, that would be useful, because then you can use it for multiple songs. Because otherwise, the way that I could see this being used is in like a very like experimental indie sort of way. You put it on an open tuning, and you just you put it on stage, and you just let it run, and it's right. running in time, and then you play something along and to I it. And I think that would be interesting. I don't think it's interesting at $260, but I think it could be interesting at $150. I'm going uh, to... Here's the thing. He put a crap ton of work into this. Yeah. He's never getting his money back for the time invested into this sure. guitar. What He's just trying to cover, like, I want to get rid of this. I don't feel like I should give it away for free. Right. But the reality that, is that this thing has a value... Uh, less than the original value of the Squire that he made it out so of. So you think because this was a three-quarter that you shouldn't offer anything above $100? Absolutely. Like, I, I, like, it's an art piece, but it's like this value only, you know, it, it only holds its value for the person who has a connection to it. And it's, until this is used in a setting where it, creates a piece of music that is known and and loved or at least you know like is infamous in some way like it doesn't have any value other than someone's you know pro- home project well so i think that's i think that's um i mean i guess it doesn't necessarily have value as art but if it works i think that's interesting um two i couldn't imagine how to do this on my own so I think that's part of where I, I feel like there might be a, some added value. I'd like to see it working because the way it is now, there's this this bar under the strings that has six little, like, looks like plastic spikes coming up connected to a rotor. And I just have a trouble imagining that those, those little spikes hit the strings in a normal succession. Like, it's going to sound weird no matter what. It's not going to sound like someone's strumming a guitar. Right. It's going to sound like like strings all being plucked almost at the same time. Mm. Or just the way that it's shaped, it, they might be like a, stro- a slow strum where it's like, plunk, 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 you know? Well, I, but I, you know, I, I guess I think that's where your conceptualization comes into play. Like, if, if you have the thought of, like, I'm going to put this in open tuning... Like imagine if you're doing some, you know, imagine if you're doing something that was like just an artistic, like weird, off off the wall. And this is where I say like maybe a hundred and fifty dollars as high. Yeah, I could imagine like Adam buying this, tuning it to an open tuning, and just letting it run for an entire Adams and Eve set. Oh sure. And uh, you know, for like a f- this weird, like kind of funky folk well, rock. Background. You put a you put a volume pedal in between this and the amp, and you swell it in and out as you need it. Sure, you there know? you go, there you go. It's an auto harpsichorded harp. <laughs> what would be interesting is if instead of a mechanical function, like a battery powered function on this, is if it had a hand crank on it, oh like a uh, like a hurdy gurdy. Is that what those things are called? A hurdy gurdy. Think so. Like the box that you see in cartoons, and they're. Cranking it in the monkey dances. Oh, I don't know what that's called. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's it's an interesting piece for sure. I just I don't think I could bring myself to pay what he's asking for it. A hundred dollars is still be steep for me. If I had a project where I thought I could use it, I might 
pull the trigger on a hundred dollars, but just to buy it as a curiosity, mm-hmm. it's just going to be you know transferring his junk to my junk pile. Okay, well, sure, that's my take on it. That anyways, works. yeah. All right, you want to take us out with the song information? Yeah, um, this song was sent to us. No, I don't. I want to talk about our sponsor. Thanks to oh, our sponsor, yeah. Sinusoid Cables, Sinusoid Pro Audio Couture. If you're looking for uh, one of the finest guitar cables on the market. Look no further than sinusoid.com. If you're looking for a cable to really brighten up your house, bring the whole thing together, absolutely, sinusoid.com. They're going to hook you up. The finest guitar cables for home furnishing. That was weird. <laughs> uh, all right. This uh, week's song is sent by Andy Phipps. Uh, we previously featured his band Casa Bonita on here. Um, and he says, This is, I'm back. He says, I'm back to thrust something more commercial into your big. Strong, manly hands. Oh. Uh, apparently, he's never seen my hands. Uh, Steve, you have strong hands. Don't, don't, don't you belittle those hands. All right. Um, you have good, strong hands, anyway, Steve. Anyway, uh, this song is called Friends With No Benefits, uh, and it's a track <laughs> off my new solo EP, his new solo EP, called The Loveland Frogman, which has just been released onto most music platforms, including Bandcamp. It's powered by a Silvertone Jupiter reissue, a Marshall, and a handful of nifty fuzz pedals. Um, so yeah, uh, this is from Andy Duke Phipps. I think this is a guy who's on Instagram as Duke Duke Duke. Oh yeah, uh, who comments on a ton of our stuff. So, yeah, I uh, always notice when he comments because the name is so great. Yeah, so uh, thanks Andy for uh, the song. Uh, everyone, I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, talk to you next week. Later. I've written all these bad jokes. But missing out the punchlines So all this left is a setup That only sometimes rhymes I've got a message for you Without a written address It only says that your workplace crush Doesn't share Sharing your interests
mean, every friendship should have some benefits, though, right? I'm not talking about like sexual benefits, but it, there should be like a benefit to having a friendship with someone. What do you think? Is this going at the end of the show? I don't know, man. What was the question? I'm reading the email. Do here. you think? Do you think every friendship should have some kind of benefits? Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like our friendship has benefits? Yeah, this show. That's so it. You heard it, guys. Steve and I have benefits. Friends benefits. It's the second Alanis Morissette reference this episode, <laughs> and the last one. <laughs>